1: Welcome in to another Inside Carolina Post Game Live. I'm joined by Greg Barnes. We are sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. JohnnyTShirt.com. Mm-hmm. 70-57 over Pittsburgh, win number two for the Tar Heels in the ACC. Pittsburgh drops to 0-3, which is a tough hill to climb for the Panthers and the Capel brothers. Greg, will go to you for overall thoughts. Um, I, you know that that was ugly basketball, and but I tweeted it, and I'll say it to start the show. For folks that are new to ACC, if they don't call fouls in the first half, you can count on the second half taking like an hour and a half or at least seeming like it with multiple fouls called. But anyway, North Carolina grinds out a win. Greg, overall thoughts.
0: Yeah, and with with that type of game, kind of an old school, Big East type feel with the physicality, all you can ask for is for the, you know, the refs to be consistent uh, with both teams. I think for the most part they were. But to your point, it, it seemed like there was a stretch midway through the second half where it's like every time down the court, there was a foul. And part of the problem is, uh, is in the first half, to your point, if you let guys play physical and get away with it, well, the guys adapt to that, and they think they can play physically. And then if you try to scale it back some as an official, it doesn't work. Uh, and that's, it's not just ACC officiating. is all over the country, but uh, that is one of the, the funny components. Look, th- this game played out exactly as I think a lot of us thought it was going to. It's going to be a physical game, Pittsburgh has a lot of size. uh, And we know that North Carolina is not the biggest team, also not the most athletic. So the way that Carolina has to be able to play in these games and have success is to really use their skill, but to really get after it defensively. And I think not only did Carolina do that, uh, played very well defensively, even though Pittsburgh did miss some open looks. What impressed me the most is how well North Carolina played on the glass. Um, That has been an issue this year. And really, as a as a team effort, uh, they got after it. I mean, you're seeing R.J. Davis grabbing a couple boards. Cormac Ryan grabbed seven, which is really good for him. Uh, Trimble had six. Baycott did what he does with with 16 and 10. And, and Ingram, I know we can talk about him, Tom. I mean, he had 15 boards, uh, which is really impressive. And so you, you got to give Carolina credit. Look, we know that Carolina entering 2024 is an ACC contender. Uh, probably an ACC favorite along with Clemson. Pitt's not. I mean, Pitt is NIT bound. This is not a very good uh, Panthers team, kind of middle of the road in the ACC. But you knew they were going to play tough and they were going to play physical and uh, all those things that they've kind of done under Jeff Capel the last couple years. And Carolina was not going to have an easy go of it. And Carolina uh, struggled early. And once RJ started hitting a couple shots, they got the lead and really played well enough down the stretch defensively to keep Pitt at bay. And um, as you said, not a, not a pretty win whatsoever, but it was a road win, Carolina's first road win of the year. And uh, it's a good start to the, the calendar year, Tommy.
1: Yeah, interesting thing. And, again, this is the game live at Inside Carolina with Greg Barnes. I'm Tommy Ashley. I mentioned Johnny T-shirt, also Congruity HR. Uh, go to CongruityHR.com, front slash Tar Heels. Get that assessment for your small business. Um, let them take care of you here in the new year. Uh, interesting dynamic here. And you mentioned Harrison Ingram when we sort of talked briefly before we started. Over the years, we've seen Carolina players, if and it may happen all over the country, but we pay attention more to Carolina guys is if they don't shoot it well, they are non-factors. And that was the case with um, people that are still there and people that are not still there. Harrison Ingram was flat-out terrible from the field. Two for 14, but you mentioned the 15 boards. I think I saw Sherelle McMillan tweet um, the most rebounds by somebody not named Amando Baycott since Dayron Sharp back in 2021. Here's an interesting matchup. We talked about Henson for Pittsburgh leading up to this game, and he's been a problem for Carolina in the past. He was four for 16, including made a couple late, but he had four rebounds, three fouls. And Ingram's two for 14, but had 15 boards, three assists, and no turnovers. Greg, I've said it before. I said it early this year. I'll say it again. Harrison Ingram's the best player on this team. I know R.J. Davis has been fantastic. Um, But for Ingram to do what he did, not shooting it well, A, it speaks to his maturity. A, it speaks volumes about what this North Carolina team can be when they're playing in games like this that are just garbage – Scrum, you mentioned Big East, just scrappy basketball games. They they haven't been kind to Carolina over the years, over the last few years. A guy like Ingram makes these sort of games. You know, Carolina's got the dogs to get in the mud, whereas in the past they may not have.
0: Yeah, it was really kind of like a football game. And you have to have a ring leader. You have to have somebody, to your point, uh, embrace it and understand that, hey, I may not get many good clean looks. It may be a grind, but I'm ready for it. And we've seen Harrison Ingram when he's hitting shots. He's he's fantastic. Uh, I don't know that I've been more impressed by Ingram this year than I was with this game tonight. Uh, just from, from the opening get-go, he, he was physical. He was tough. He welcomed the challenge. He didn't back down really set the example. And that's what you've got to have to your point. You've got to have somebody say, look guys, this is what it's going to take. It's not going to be easy. but We can have fun with it. And he did it. And I I really think Armando Baycott kind of built off of that and really used that as energy because Baycott was much more physical uh, in this game than we've seen him in in other games where guys have been just as big as him. Uh, We know RJ Scrappy as a, as a little guy. So, Uh, It it really was just an impressive – he also had two blocks. So just an impressive performance by Ingram, and that really bodes well for Carolina moving forward because I think we've all talked about it, is Carolina offensively when they're going and they get going, like they did against Tennessee, very few teams are going to be able to handle North Carolina when they're operating offensively like that. What happens when the shots are not falling? Uh, and when you have a guy like Harrison Ingram who can really set the tone, you saw tonight, again, you know, Pitt, uh, they don't have a top 100 win all season long. Uh, the closest game, I think, against the top 100 team is seven points. So this this is not really a good team, even though they got some decent pieces. Uh, but it was still going to be a scrappy game. And so Carolina uh, needed this type of game to to go on the road, in early in the ACC play, and grind one out. And that's exactly what they did, and they did it because Harrison Ingram paved the way. 100%,
1: 100% there. And to your point about Baycott, we got to shout out Baycott getting 2,000 points in his Carolina career. Um, You know, everybody will always talk about COVID years or whatever, but the fact of the matter is 2,000 points is a lot, and Baycott crossed that barrier or, or that milestone tonight. But I really liked your point that you just made, and um, this is why I love doing these shows with you, is that in this game in the past, Baycott has struggled. And I'm not talking about Pittsburgh particular. I'm talking about the tough, physical games. Baycott will show flashes of, of being physical and, and get a couple baskets, but then he'll shoot you know, four for 12 and, and have a ton of offensive rebounds because they're his. They're his own ones in this game, for Baycott to go 16-10 and 10 against Pittsburgh. I think that's the stepping stone for him and sort of, at least in my mind, watching this team, sort of comes a little bit of not really fear over Baycott's game, but his ability to step up in these type physical games. Just speak to what you saw from him from that growth perspective. Um, and also, Harrison Ingram it brings it out of everybody. Um, but Baycott has to individually do it. And I thought he looked good tonight showed some physicality, showed some athleticism that he hasn't. Um, and, and Davis in the chat, and i got to shout him out because I was thinking this, back to being the trash man or the garbage man, you make a lot of headway in college basketball doing that, Greg. What do you think?
0: For sure. And you, I think what Armando has done in the past is, is when you have a significant advantage, uh, height, size, whatever it may be, I don't want to say you coast, but you know that opportunities are going to come and you can take advantage of them, even though other other plays, other possessions, you, you may not be locked in. And you can still put up good numbers, but then at certain times you kind of vanish. I didn't think Baycott did that at all tonight. I, mean, I thought he really scrapped and battled. Um and he didn't he didn't score every time. Um, you know, he wasn't a factor every single play, but he he was in it. And I think that's that's key for him is being able even when it's not easy for you, to go at them time and time and time again, and you can put up a good. I mean, I, I thought he had a really good offensive game. Uh, 16 points, five of ten, six of six from the free throw line, which is really good. Uh, he had a wide open three. I mean, you know, why not take it? I don't think Hubert was very happy with that. <laughs> but he also had three blocks in a in a steal, so he was active. Um, I, you know, the, the only critique that I have of Armando at his game tonight is one that we've, we've talked about years prior is that uh, when Pittsburgh was getting to him with that double team, he wasn't getting out of his hands quick enough. And I I thought if he had done that a little bit quicker earlier in the game and Carolina could have swung the ball more, uh, they'd have been able to get a little bit better looks and maybe they could have gotten a, a, a bigger lead going into halftime and therefore maybe pull away quicker in the second half. Uh, but that's kind of been something we, we've talked about for, for, for a number of years now. We're making progress in that regard, he needs to get better as we get further in the ACC season. But just a really sound, solid game for for Baycott. He's he's had a few of them this year, and I know he's, he's gotten a little bit of heat for, for struggling at times. Uh, but I think this type of performance can really set him up for success in the coming weeks. And he really needed this with what's ahead on Saturday because that's going to be another physical game down in Clemson
1: absolutely in a crazy environment i thought carolina and i want you to speak to this because you've covered this team all over the country i thought carolina got a benefit of it being maybe christmas holiday up there um, because that place can get a little bit raucous at, at pittsburgh so that was an interesting dynamic and i want to ask you about clemson's environment here in a minute but first let me to baycott's point to the point about baycott if i had a beef with him at all Sometimes he wasn't getting down the court fast enough, especially on the defensive side. But that's a very small, uh, probably being too much of a, of a I'm picking nits there. To your point about the double team, that is one issue that he's five years in. He's been getting double teams since he got to Carolina. I'm surprised they haven't figured that out totally. You know, it was always know where you're going with the basketball immediately. Um, he has gotten better. Uh, but he definitely needs to work on that because, to your point, Clemson's going to try it, and every other team's going to do it. Um, but before we get to Clemson, and we're talking with Greg Barnes on Inside Carolina post game, shout out to almost 500 people in here. Um, we are back to our regularly scheduled Inside Carolina podcast too, so uh, get ready, folks, for a ton of this type of content. But Seth Trimble, Greg, if there's a guy on the team that's surprising everybody, and everybody was like, what in the world? It's got to be Seth Trimble. Hit That kid worked his butt off this summer. He's worked his butt off during the season. He doesn't do a ton scoring-wise every night, but he always makes a play that makes a difference. Tonight, 10 points, 3 for 7 shooting, but he hit a big 3. Of course, had the big dunk. Your thoughts on on Seth making a name for himself uh, because I think it's, it's so important for this team.
0: Absolutely, and without Seth stepping up in the first half, Carolina is probably going into halftime trailing. Uh, he was he was incredible uh, coming off the bench and, and really giving some minutes with with Elliot struggling in a, his first road environment, getting into some foul trouble. Uh, we talk about North Carolina not having a size advantage against Pitt, not really having much of an athleticism advantage. Anytime Seth Trimble takes the court he's got an athleticism advantage, and we saw that tonight. And he he made some really good plays. Uh, the I mean, R.J. Davis fed him perfectly on that alley-oop, as you mentioned, he had the three-pointer. Uh, he also had five boards in the first half and a steal. So he really gave Carolina a boost off the bench, and that's something this team has really lacked for last several years. So to have a kid who can come in when you have a starter like Cadeau in foul trouble and, and struggling a little bit, uh, to have somebody like Seth who can step in and not only kind of match what Elliott was doing, but actually improve upon it. Uh, as you said, that, that's really important for Carolina moving forward. We we still saw a situation where Hubert Davis, uh, in this environment, really stuck with his, his primary guys. Uh, the other four starters played the majority of the minutes. But to have somebody like Seth who can come in and give you a little bit different game, especially on the defensive end, from either Elliott or R.J., Uh, that's going to be very important for this team moving forward.
1: and I think it takes a ton of pressure off Elliott Cadeau because Cadeau, he he has struggled at times this year. Uh, You know, as good as he is, it's still college. It's still a step up from where he was. Um, And when he gets some tic-tac fouls, and and quite frankly, he gets some fouls that maybe an older player would not be called for. But to have a tremble, that can come in and take over some of the ball handling. Let Cadeau sit on the bench and watch a little bit, but also add, you know, Sherelle used to always talk about don't be a net negative when the when the bench comes in. Well, Trimble has certainly not been that guy. And to your point about the bench tonight, you had uh Cormac with thirty two minutes, Davis with thirty six, Ingram and Baycott both with thirty five and then Trimble and, and Cadeau split thirty eight and then Withers, the only other double figure guy with 12 and he had a splash play as well greg is that something to watch this season i mean obviously we've hammered the iron five for years well for two years now with hubert davis he's played a lot more guys than he did the previous two years but to your point when it gets tough and it starts grinding he likes his main guys trembles obviously the six and i guess withers and or Washington would be the seventh, depending on the game and the matchup. Um, But is this what it's going to be the rest of the year, or is this just something you got to win these games on the road, and Hubert Davis is making sure his team gets these quality road wins or these important road wins early while relying on the guys, the veterans that have done it before?
0: Yeah, I think – I think Hubert for now kind of likes what he has. And it's pretty much, I think he would like a seven man rotation. Um, and you got to give him credit. We, we've talked about this before, but I, you know, Shrell highlighted this in Hubert's first year. Of He felt there was a, a need to win immediately and uh, win as much as he could that first year. And he just didn't play any of his bench whatsoever. And so as the season went on, he wasn't able to go back to the bench. We kind of saw the same thing last year. We well, played a lot of the bench early this year to give the guys some opportunities, even though some of them struggled. And so we're at the point now that the calendar has changed. You've got a seven-man rotation. You trust Seth Trimble wholeheartedly coming off the bench. And I think he's still trying to figure out, you know, which which player is going to step in in the post. Is it going to be Washington with a solid game or Withers? And you really don't know. And I think that's one of the reasons you, tonight he played both those guys early to say, okay, well, who, who has it tonight who can give us a little bit of little bit of playing time uh, to, to spell Baycott just enough and to maybe spell Ingram a little bit. And so because of that, I, I think you're really looking at probably seven primary guys uh, moving forward. And yeah, there's going to be games in the ACC. There's some really bad teams in the ACC. And so you're going to be able to get the bench some more playing time. But in these types of games where you're on the road, it's relatively close throughout, you're going to lean on the main guys. And before we, we, we depart here, this, I want to say this about Cadeau. If you watch him tonight, yes, it was not his best game. But there have been a couple of games where he's made some passes. Like there was one he threw at Baycott where he just threw it a little too hard and Baycott couldn't get it where he's just a tiny bit off. And you just know with more experience and and more playing time and maybe a year under his belt, he's going to have those passes just right. We saw the same thing with Kendall Marshall. It took him about half a season to really kind of click like that. Uh, Elliot's going to be just like that. And then to your point, he's had a number of kind of bad fouls where he's just allowed his body. He's kind of lost control just a little bit. And he's run up under guys and kind of bumped them when he shouldn't have or didn't need to. He cleans those two things up. Uh, He's going to be just a stout player for Carolina.
1: Yeah, and to your point about the passes, I mean, there's several of his passes that guys got to be ready to catch. Yeah, and they and they and they haven't they haven't had to be ready to catch. You know, in fairness to them, you know, Baycott hadn't got that pass in four years. (laughs) You know, And, and and these guys have. Have not been ready to catch um, and, and go with it. So that you're definitely right. That's a work in progress, and, and the the Marshall passing thing is certainly a relative comparison there. I mean, it, it's fun to watch the evolution, but like I said, having Tremble, having the veteran fallback that can step in, be aggressive, take some of that pressure off, is a factor. And and about the set, I like the idea of a seven-man rotation, seven, seven and a quarter maybe, with Withers or Washington being the seventh, depending on the matchup. Jalen Washington's got to get stronger. He's going to struggle in matchups where guys want to bang him around. But if he plays like he did the other night against Charleston Southern, and he hits that three that rimmed out tonight, then he's he's different. And people have mentioned other the people further down the bench. I think in ACC play, what you saw tonight from North Carolina where Wojcik was, the I guess, the ninth guy, that's pretty much going to be it in um, the important games, and so it would be interesting to see. Again, Carolina beats uh, Pittsburgh 70-57, to 57, goes to 2-0 in the conference. Greg, just talk about the environment at Clemson. I, I think it's, uh, that place can get rocking. The students are there on the court. Um, a lot of people want to talk about NC State or playing at Duke or whatever. Clemson can get pretty daggone nasty, especially when Carolina comes to town.
0: Yeah, for sure. And to your earlier point about Pittsburgh, uh, you could kind of tell there was a lot of energy early, but they just did not have the number of, of students there to carry it through. And uh, I have been up there; which is it's kind of wild. That's a good. It's a good place to watch a ball game. Clemson is very underrated as a venue, and I think part of it is is Little John uh, is very steep in terms of how the stands are, and so it feels like the the. Students and the other fans are kind of right on top of you, and it kind of goes up. Uh, Castle Coliseum, where Virginia Tech plays, is kind of the same way. And when Clemson has a good team, that place can get wild. And so uh, this weekend, I imagine all the Clemson students are going to be back getting ready for for classes to start next week, and that place will be popping. So uh, tonight was a good warm-up for North Carolina. Much better team in a more hostile environment on Saturday. And if Carolina can can somehow come out of Clemson with a victory, they're going to be well on their way to uh, maybe winning the ACC. I know we're only a couple games in, but there's just not a lot in this league that that scares me. Um, just not many good teams. I think Clemson's up there, and uh, if Carolina can somehow steal one in Clemson, that would be a, a monumental win.
1: Yeah, indeed. Carolina goes to Clemson this weekend. Those students are right there. There've been scraps. You know, players have fallen into the a Hilarious place to say. Uh, Sean Crowley mentions Hansborough and Ellington. I remember Ellington hit the shot to beat Clemson. I mean, just a lot of a lot of history in that building. And Clemson, uh, you know, Brad Brownells. That that crowd. Between Barnes and all them, Clemson's not been a fun place to play. So we'll see how North Carolina handles it on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and what what do you know Brad Brunel's teams for? What have they been so good at over the years?
1: Uh, flaming out in this time of year? <laughs> no, but yes. be, being physical and and wanting to fu- start a fight, basically.
0: Right, and, and they've been very good defensively. Where they have struggled more than anything during Brunel's time, is scoring the ball. Well, they are uh, 16th nationally right now in offensive adjusted efficiency. This is a Clemson team unlike any we've seen under Brad Brunel with their ability to score the ball. And they're also uh, very good defensively. So this, this will be a legitimate test for North Carolina.
1: Yep. Carolina goes to Clemson for the second of three straight road games to open ACC play. Of course, North Carolina State being next year, or excuse me, next week. And then Carolina returns home, I guess, the week after. A week from Saturday against Syracuse, um, another team that's pretty solid in the conference. So, a lot of, lot of basketball left to be played, but Carolina gets an important win at Pitt. Pitt's been a problem. Carolina handled that problem tonight. Greg Barnes handled this postgame like the pro he is. And Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity always being the sponsors, the pros that they are. Make sure you check them all out. It's not holiday season. You can still go to Johnny T-Shirt and get great deals, and Congruity is always there for your small business needs. Carolina 70, pit 57, that's been Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. Shout out to the 600 that joined us. We'll be back again. Full Slate, Justin Jackson, Joel Berry, those podcasts this week. Noon Dish with Don Callahan and myself at noon tomorrow, and then On the Beat Live Thursday night as well. ton of stuff at Inside Carolina. Don't miss it.